Hello and welcome to the Dating Smash Podcast. My name is Rob and this is the only podcast dedicated to showing you how to create sexy connection by being goddamn authentic. Shout out to Nikolai Heidloss for creating this kick-ass intro music. You can find him on free-stock-music.com. Hey, welcome back. Today we're going to be talking about giving yourself permission to fuck it up. Now this is something that I lifted directly from Jason Gaddis of the Relationship School, and if you haven't checked him out already, make sure you do. He's got a lot of good free content on his site and in his podcast. Highly recommend. Um, and as you might have guessed from the title, there is going to be some profanity in this podcast. So yeah, just be advised, and if it's not for you, it's not for you. No big deal. But yeah, I'm going to be saying the word fuck a lot. A lot of times. Um, so one of the things that I want to talk about first is acknowledging that one of the hardest human pursuits is to give up attachment. Why am I talking about this? Because our attachment to flawless success is kind of just one of those things that makes life miserable, right? Like if I am going to go and talk to someone that I think is attractive, I want this to go off without any hitches. If I'm going to talk to my partner about something that's really awkward and uncomfortable and I think it might set them off or start a fight, I want it to go perfectly, you know? But oftentimes that's not the way reality pans out. And over time that builds up a lot of resistance to doing things that we're scared of doing because we know that there is a strong likelihood that it is not going to go the way of flawless victory, right? And there's nothing wrong with that attachment. In some situations, that is what it takes. If you're doing brain surgery, then hell yeah, go go for that 100% because someone's life hangs in the balance. But for the rest of us, getting the job done and leaving it good enough, that is good enough, right? And it's still hard. So today's technique is about getting rid of that sense of difficulty and resistance. So this is Dating Smash, the science of honest attraction, and it wouldn't be a Dating Smash episode unless we talked about the psychology at play here. So first of all, what, what, what you're experiencing when you have that wall of fear is uh, a couple of things. First, it's a fear of loss, and this is one of the most powerful motivators and driving forces behind our decision making. Right? It's uh, the reason why people struggle to let other people merge into their lanes. It's, it's the reason why a guy will appear more attractive when two women are fighting over him. It's the reason why we miss our ex when we break up and we just want to get them back into our lives. It's the reason why eBay works at all. Because we're afraid of losing the things that we once had. And it helped us survive. It helped us survive for hundreds, thousands of years. This is a defining trait of human psychology. The other factor is a fear of shame. And it's another huge piece of how we decide. Basically, when decision-making occurs, humans evaluate things on a couple of levels. And this is a gross generalization. There's more at play here, but for the, for, for the most part, these are the two levels, right? The first is emotions. And it's already been proven that humans do not make purely logical decisions. We are not capable of that. When the emotional centers of our brains are damaged, in fact, we can't even pull the trigger. We cannot decide. What we can do is come up with a good list of pros and cons and then nothing gets done because we can't seem to get that last little push that gets us in either direction. So, that being said, uh, the next part of our decision making, the next part of this fear of shame is the moral and social level, 
right? What will God, what will my friends, my family think when I do this? And that fear of shame boils down to this fear of social ramifications. What if I get down, like, what if I get kicked out of the tribe? And of course, back in the day when that would occur, then obviously no bueno, right? If, if I lose the protection of civilization, then the next step for me is to get eaten alive by wolves. Womp, womp, womp. So while it might have served us back in the day, these days not as useful. When the, when the ramifications for failure are that you can just pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and just try again, this doesn't work. This is not a thing. It, it's not as effective. But until these things get resolved, it's, it's the reason why it's so hard to approach a stranger and start chatting like a calm, non-sweaty human. It's the reason why we can't tackle conflict head-on and be brave about it. So how do we get past all of this? What's the key? Well, it's surprisingly easy. All that needs to happen is that you reframe it. Now, reframing is based in the idea that nearly any situation is neutral in the grand scheme of the universe, right? If I stub my toe, the universe don't give a fuck, right? If, if I break my arm, still kind of neutral in terms of like how the universe experiences this. Even in my death, it doesn't make an impact on whether or not the universe keeps ticking on. So... The emotions then that we experience in this model are simply a matter of how our brains are programmed to respond to stimuli by biology, by society, basically nature versus nurture, right? The way that I have been taught to respond to these things is the way that I'm going to take it. That's why some people will freak the hell out when they're asked to eat like a sea cucumber and it looks like, you know, mutant penis that came from the ocean. And other people are like, hell yeah, this is a delicacy. Your emotional state is fluid. So if we can convincingly reframe the, the instance, the, uh, the event, the stimuli, then our emotions and experience will follow along, will have a different experience of reality. Um, and synthesis is like very much deep in the territory of abstract and uh, kind of hard to grasp stuff. I know a lot of people don't operate in this space. I usually can't. An example that might be helpful is like if you're walking down the street and you pass a gaggle of attractive men or attractive women and they start laughing. Now, a lot of you will have a knee-jerk response. There is an assumption there for why they're laughing. And I would say that the most painful frame is to assume that they are laughing at you. And for a long time, I operated out of this space. The world was not friendly. People didn't like me. I had to prove myself and trust was weakness. Now, obviously, I was not a very happy person. It, I wasn't setting myself up to be that kind of person because the world was not a happy place. And conversely, one of the most pleasant frames to assume is that they're laughing to express that they enjoy experiencing you and what you represent to them. In both cases, it does not change what happened. You were walking down the street, you passed a gaggle of attractive men or women, they started laughing. But your experience of reality does. The tricky part about this is that you can't, like, you can't just use logic to create an emotional acceptance of a frame. And I suspect, all of you, I suspect all of you already know this, right? Just telling yourself that they're laughing with you does not change your emotional reality if you think they're laughing at you. You know, just repeating it in your head you know, right? Deep down in your core, you know that they're laughing at you and it makes you so mad or self-conscious or shameful. 
Just using logic doesn't change things. That's the reason why coaching, I think, is such a valuable tool. What you want to be able to do is exploit all the buttons and levers in your brain to hack the processes that are happening. And so I'm going to go ahead and explain how giving yourself permission to fuck up actually does all of this. So in announcing to the world that you are going to mess something up, you're creating the understanding that a fuck up might occur. And since you're essentially giving yourself a way to be right by calling it, the awkwardness and the pain of messing up is dampened, right? It feels like you have a safety net because that's what you're doing. You're creating one for yourself. The other party knew that you might make, that you might make a mess of things. They chose to stay knowing that you would do that. And now if you mess up, everything is normal instead of being weird and embarrassing. That's it. The next time you try to talk to someone new, try it and let me know how it goes. It might go something a little bit like this. Hey, I, I really wanted to talk to you, but I'm also nervous as hell. So if, if it's okay with you, I'd like to give myself permission to totally fuck this up. And then say whatever it is that you needed to say. Now this goes beyond dating. It goes beyond relationships. What happens here is that you're giving yourself access to anything behind that giant wall of fear and shame. And there, for me, I found that that was pretty much everything that I wanted out of life. So go ahead, give it a go, and let me know what happens. And well, that's all the time that we have for today. Once again, my name is Rob, and this has been another episode of Dating Smash.